What's going on, family? It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and this is the Faction Quick Hits on a Thursday. Hope you guys are doing absolutely well. Wherever in the world you are, we always appreciate you joining us here on the faction listen if you're not following us on social media today's a great day to do that instagram facebook and twitter at the faction show and of course you can subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you're listening to us right now just click the subscribe button and do us a favor leave us a comment and rate us as well so more people can find out about what's happening here on the faction so i have made a commitment here in this year of 2021 to bring you even more content so if you've been following us of course when we started now almost five years ago uh we did a weekly show of course on bonafide radio which you guys loved and enjoyed that morphed into a full-on separate podcast uh which we were doing weekly and then really what happened is schedules started getting super busy there was all sorts of news to cover and so we thought we would kind of break things into bite-sized morsels where you'd get uh really the faction quick hit as we're doing now um certainly on a more daily or semi-daily basis maybe two to three times a week uh and then the guys would get together for a show so what i've decided to do in a way to try to bring us even more content is to do certain things on certain days so certainly during our quick hits we're going to be getting you know a lot of our current news as we do on a regular basis but i wanted to take days like today on thursdays and dedicate them to what we know in the social verse as throwback thursdays so my commitment to you as part of the faction nation is every thursday we're going to Take it back. We're going to go back to either some match, some promotion, some card, some angle, something in the world of pro wrestling that you may have remembered or perhaps you might have missed. We're going to relive that and perhaps all relive that together for however long we decide uh, to do whatever that specific topic is. But one of my goals here for 2021 is to bring us Throwback Thursday content. And so we're going to kick off Throwback Thursday in 2021. Talk about a promotion that's near and dear to my heart that uh, perhaps the wrestling world hasn't talked enough about as we talk about promotions and that would be Lucha Underground. So get ready. Some may be unfamiliar with Lucha Underground. Some may have been checking it out the entire time, but we're going to talk about Lucha Underground for a little bit and uh, hopefully you guys are going to enjoy the conversation and perhaps even learn something in the process as well. All right, so let's get a lay of the land in terms of what the wrestling world looked like in October of 2014. Um, certainly, again, we were looking at primarily the WWE, Impact Wrestling, and Ring of Honor at this time frame. Uh, in WWE, at this time, your WWE champion is Brock Lesnar. His title reign began back in August of 2014 and would go all the way up until WrestleMania 31 in March of 2015. During this same time frame, Impact Wrestling uh, was wrapping up their TV deal with Spike TV. They were on with Spike and right around the November time frame, about two weeks after Lucha would debut, uh, Spike TV was getting ready to wrap up their contract 
contract with Impact. So there were no new Impact shows airing after November the 13th. Kind of a crazy time if you think about it in the world of pro wrestling. At this same time period in Ring of Honor, your world champion is Jay Briscoe. Now he defeated Michael Elgin for that title uh, in September of 2014, which is about a month or so before Lucha Underground began. And he would hold that title until June of 2015 when Jay Lethal was champion. So your lay of the land looks like this. You've got WWE's champion being Brock Lesnar. Uh, Of course, they are airing primarily on the USA Network at this point. Impact Wrestling, um, at that particular point, they were airing on Spike TV, but their time frame there was about up, and they were airing best of shows by November, so things were kind of in limbo for them. In Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor has never had a... uh, cable type deal so they've been doing things in syndication and Jay Briscoe uh, is your world champion at this particular point enter Lucha Underground now Lucha Underground comes in and they come in first and foremost with a TV deal their TV deal is with the El Rey Network. Now, the El Rey Network uh, is not necessarily a uh, one of those basic cable types of programs. You have to be able to get it in your area. So that might have been one strike against them. The other side of it, though, is this was shot and produced completely different than any other wrestling program on television at the time. Let's also put this lay of the land out here. 2014, October of 2014, the WWE Network is brand new. It had debuted uh, back in February of 2014, so it's a new entity. You have NXT that's coming on uh, the WWE Network, still relatively new to that group, so uh, you've got some 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 cutting edge wrestling happening there, but nothing, nothing is being shot like Lucha Underground is being shot, and here's part of the reason why. Behind it, in terms of production, you've got Mark Burnett. Now, Mark Burnett, uh, behind Survivor and behind so many other major shows that aired on NBC and CBS and major television networks, they had a pretty major budget that they were working with as well. And they shot the show not like a normal wrestling show, but they shot it as though it were like episodic television fused with pro wrestling. As your commentators, you have Matt Stryker, formerly of WWE, and you have Vampiro, who spent quite a bit of time in WCW, AAA, uh, kind of a deathmatch fighter, and knew a lot about Lucha Libre. What the idea of Lucha Underground was, uh, certainly it became this new promotion that did something else that was different. It was shot in seasons so let's think about the world of pro wrestling again uh even now the world of pro wrestling is a weekly 52 weeks a year type of grind um where wrestlers really were on all the time they didn't really get time off so this was shot again like episodic television it was season so the first season actually had 39 episodes before it was picked up for a second season Those 39 episodes, of course, would run weekly, and so uh, you actually had some time off for Lucha Underground, which was far different than what was going on um, in terms of WWE, Impact Wrestling, and, of course, Ring of Honor. With that said, the question is, where would the talent 
come from. So in season one, uh, we're introduced to some very interesting characters. Now, we had some that were familiar, like Chavo Guerrero, who also was one of the executive producers of the show. Um, so he was familiar. You had guys like Big Rick, which was formerly known as Ezekiel Jackson, the last ECW champion. So that's a familiar face from WWE. You had Johnny Mundo, formerly known as John Morrison in WWE. And let's put a pin right there and make this mention about John Morrison. We might do a discussion about this at some other point, but I think we could argue, uh, I think there's an argument between John Morrison and The Miz in terms of the most successful products from the Tough Enough series. Most forget that both of them came out of Tough Enough, and you could argue uh, who was more successful. Was it The Miz because of his long run in WWE, or was it John Morrison, who of course had a great run in WWE as an Intercontinental Champion, a Tag Champion, but goes to Lucha Underground, where he really becomes a megastar. We'll get into that uh, perhaps down the road. Then you've got the introduction of some former superstars in season one that we've seen in other places, folks like a Conan, for instance, who was a pretty big deal. But then we're introduced to some folks from Lucha Libre and AAA that we've not seen before, folks like Mil Muertes, folks like Phoenix. And then there is Prince Puma. Prince Puma, who really became the centerpiece of Lucha Underground in season one. We would later come to know Prince Puma as Ricochet, of course, who would go all over the world uh, in Japan, of course, ending up in NXT and currently in WWE. But really, his national claim to fame was as Prince Puma in Lucha Underground, where he was literally like a superhero come to life. It was something like we had never seen before uh, and and that really may have been one of the marks of Lucha Underground particularly in season one we were seeing things in terms of move sets that we hadn't seen before it was this unique amalgamation of a Lucha Libre style fused with the violence of ECW fused with really the technical expertise that we might have seen from a New Japan or even a Ring of Honor and then there were the storylines so the storylines, let's talk a bit about them. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit from a fan perspective and then from a production perspective. From a fan perspective, it was pretty awesome to see that these storylines were not shot the way that normal wrestling storylines were shot. They were shot as if it were episodic television, um, the way camera angles came, but also the pieces that we were uh, introduced to and believing and things of that nature. Uh, I forgot to mention, um, perhaps one of the most important pieces of this puzzle is Dario Cueto, who um, really in other organizations would be like the general manager, but he's the lead promoter, um, and it is his temple that they are wrestling in in Boyles Heights, California. So that's from the fan perspective. From a production perspective, it was super slick. Camera angles were amazing, incredible consistency, definitely along the lines of something you would see on episode. I keep using the term episodic television, right? But it looked like something that you would see, man, 
pick a show, you know, whether it is uh, 24 or Scandal or, you know, something along that line, uh, uh, perhaps a CSI or that type of show that you would see Lucha Underground in season one. Lucha Underground really began to gain a cult following for the pure wrestling fan. Um, And again, one thing that holds true is this. Wrestling fans are always looking for an alternative. It is really what made certainly the 80s great when you had the NWA and territories, AWA and WWE and world class and all those places. When you get to the 90s and you have the major promotions of WWE and WCW and ECW, people like alternatives in the world of pro wrestling it's right now why people are gravitating to aew or ring of honor or impact or new japan during this period of again of 2014 there's not much of an alternative to wwe that can be seen on a national level impact again was really having some major major issues around 2014 in terms of being able to be found on cable television ring of honor again in a syndicated scenario where they did not have this national tv deal and so what you're looking at is Lucha Underground, which really had this underground kind of swell, fused with what's happening on the internet, again, the growth of pro wrestling on the internet during 2014. And then they also had one other interesting thing that, depending upon your perspective, may have worked for them or against them. So I talked about being able to be found uh, on cable television. Um, And so they were on the El Rey network, which again appeared in certain markets and not others. Now, they made themselves available in real time by making their episodes available exclusively on iTunes. So this is where things were a little bit different. You actually could subscribe um, for a season pass on iTunes to be able to get those episodes, or you you could pay like $2.99 or $3.99 a week for those episodes when they would air and of course they would air weekly so that meant a couple of things that means you may or may not have been able to see lucha underground in season one um or maybe you did i don't know But one of the reasons why I'm mentioning this in our uh, Throwback Thursday series is because now you can watch all four seasons of Lucha Underground for free on the streaming platform called Tubi. That's T-U-B-I. It is for free. Tubi is a free streaming service. So uh, I would suggest you go ahead, sign up for Tubi if you haven't done so. Start watching Lucha Underground Season 1. Um, we're going to have some more conversations about Lucha Underground Season 1, etc., etc., etc. I plan to go through all four of the seasons. I don't necessarily want to tell you all of the results, but I want to talk about why Lucha Underground was an important promotion. So before I go, I want to mention this, and this is going to be a recurring theme in these next couple of weeks. Lucha Underground uh, was super important because without Lucha Underground, we don't have the current lay of the land of pro wrestling. Let me explain what I mean. Um, Lucha Underground really laid a lot of the foundation for what we're seeing in AEW, for the enhanced style that we're seeing in NXT. Think about this. Just think about some of the names I mentioned to you before from season one. Names like Prince Puma, a.k.a. Ricochet, who, of course, went over to New Japan and did amazing things with Will Ospreay. But then that set up all of that set up the platform for him to end up in NXT. Um, Later, when you 
you get to season one and season two, you start seeing a guy named Killshot, who the wrestling world known as Swerve, Shane Strickland, a.k.a. Isaiah Swerve Scott. As I mentioned, there was Prince Puma, which is Ricochet. But we also in season one were introduced to a man called Cage, a.k.a. Brian Cage, who would later on end up in Impact and, of course, now is a big part of Team Taz and AEW. I mentioned Ray Phoenix, who is now in AEW. We also begin to see Pentagon, who is in AEW. You're getting, yeah, you're starting to see. So the foundations of AEW NXT, WWE, those foundational elements that we see in 2020 and beyond, yeah, that happened as a result of Lucha Underground, which is why we're taking some time to talk about it. So I just wanted to give you a bit of an introduction into Lucha Underground. I want to give you some time to go ahead and check it out on Tubi. As I said, all four seasons are there. Uh, There are many other superstars that you currently see either in Impact, in NXT, in AEW, that are a part of Lucha Underground. I will be talking about them in the next few weeks, but I wanted to get this under our belt as an introduction to this Throwback Thursday concept as we talk about Lucha Underground and its value to the sport of pro wrestling. Now, in these next couple of weeks, we want to remind you of an interview that we conducted a few years back with uh, one of the voices of Lucha Underground, Matt Stryker. We talked to him right around Ultima Lucha Dos, which was the year-end event for Lucha Underground. We'll talk about that. We may air some snippets from that in the next couple of weeks, but do yourself a favor. Go ahead and download Tubi if you haven't done that, and uh, check out Lucha Underground seasons one through four, and when we come back next week, we'll have more to talk about relative to Lucha Underground and our Throwback Thursday concept. If you have some subjects you'd like for us to talk about here on Throwback Thursday here on The Faction, just let us know. All you have to do is uh, hit us up by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Let us know what you'd like for us to talk about on future episodes of our Throwback Thursday. It's going to be amazing all right of course tomorrow we've got some more current news for you and remember every thursday as part of the faction we've got throwback thursday next week we'll continue our conversation about all things lucha underground until then it's your man gb gerard bonner representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray collectively we're known as the faction Salute, my-